Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of The Michael Duke Show. Uh, and uh, we're happy to have you here today. We're uh, we're trying to <clears throat> trying to trying to lighten your life up a little bit here as we get ready to uh, get into the swing of things uh, uh, for the holiday season. I hope you're feeling that I hope you're feeling that Christmas cheer and that holiday spirit. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who was uh <clears throat> I mentioned the uh I mentioned the uh, promotion and contest that were it's not a contest it's a endeavor I guess I should say that we're doing with my radio stations down in Anchorage and that is uh uh you know we're we're trying to collect gifts for uh teenagers in foster care uh who are in uh, uh non-familial foster care and uh, I got a chance to talk to an adopter yesterday, and and they were dropping off some stuff, and we got to talking, and and I said, you know, how are you feeling about the, you know Christmas? Are you feeling the Christmas holidays? And she's like, oh, it's so stressful. It's so, and I understand, you know, there's a lot of pressure. We got to get the presents. We got to do the things. It's the scurry, scurry, hustle, bustle. But you know, we need to take the time to uh, enjoy ourselves. To uh, remember the reason for the season, uh, to not to put too fine a point on it, but uh, to remember that it was it was we who got the best gift of all, uh, you know, that, that this time commemorates in our year um, <clears throat> the birth of the the birth of that little baby under the star. Uh, we've got to remember that and uh, just take some time out and uh, slow down, relax a little bit. And I'm hoping that uh, with the shows that we're doing here over the next uh, eight, nine days or so, that uh, you'll feel that too. That's uh, that's my goal right now is that you'll feel it too. Uh, we're trying to steer away from uh, all the heavy, heavy, I don't know, the bad news, you know, <clears throat> the bad news uh, of uh, of everything. And I, I had to chuckle because I, I pulled up the headlines uh, early this morning. And I'm like, okay, um, give me give me something good. Give me something that I could talk about that's you know community oriented or you know something that's just like, and it's like a shooting in downtown. It's like uh, you know missing bodies. It's uh, businesses were you know disturbed from drug related activity, uh, court cases. Uh, uh, infighting amongst assembly and mayors and, uh, you know, the, the sc- scams about jury duty. Uh, what, what else was there? Um, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, oh, uh, it fights with insurance companies over health care. And I mean, it was just like one thing after another uh, that was just there was just nothing that was great in here. You know, uh, the two best stories uh, that I found this morning that were kind of locally, you know, or statewide stuff was one, uh, the news that um, Ali Ostrander, who, of course, is the running sensation um, and uh, mushing champion Dallas Seavey and Special Olympics medalist Bobby Hill have all been named to the Alaska Sports Hall of Fame class of 2024 um, in uh, joining the trio of athletes in the moment. Scotty Gomez is also being named NHL Rookie of the Year in 2000. So there's some <clears throat> there's some good news. You know, people who are highlighted for their achievements and doing some great stuff. Ali Ostrander, of course, grew as a standout runner from the Kenai Peninsula with six junior wins at the Mount Marathon race and championships and distance races in both high school track and cross country. She is also a 13-time All-American in track and, co- and cross country at Boise State. This is all from an article in the ADN, by the way. Dallas Seavey has quickly become one of the most decorated mushers in Iditarod history. Uh, in his first 13 runs at the Iditarod, he took five titles, tying him with Rick Swenson for the most career victories. His 2021 win of the Iditarod was also the fastest of all time at seven days, 14 hours and 57 seconds. And that was nearly two full days faster than the previous record set by Thomas Werner in uh, 2020. And, of course, <clears throat> Eagle River's Bobby Hill has competed in Special Olympics for more than 30 years. He's earned 10 powerlifting tile, titles and medals and made three trips to the World Summer Games. He most recently earned one gold and three silver in the 2023 Berlin Games uh, for the Special Olympics as well. And, of course, Scotty Gomez has uh, done some amazing stuff. He's been inducted into the Hall of Fame three times and was honored as the individual uh, and the moment he brought the Stanley Cup back to Anchorage in 2003. So, I mean, there's some <clears throat> good stuff highlighting, uh, you know, highlighting some of that amazing stuff. And then the second story was telling people to grab your skis and snowboards because the South Central Alaska Mountains are now opening for business. Hilltop Ski Area down uh, in Anchorage is open and ready to run. Uh, Ski Talk Ski Area in Hatcher Pass. Alieska Ski Resort is also open as well. Arctic Valley Ski Resort uh, had planned to open this weekend, but says that the opening has been delayed because of multiple freezing and thawing. But there's a there's a lot of good stuff to do. So I mean, there's your that's your positive news that's coming out of the, and I had to search, folks. There's some there's you know there's not much out there that's not uh, you know of the high positivity and that's what we're working on right now trying to just stay up and stay positive today so those are kind of your first two good stories for the day of great news and great information later on in the program in hour two we're going to be joined by ben carpenter representative ben carpenter who i just asked to come on and and just shoot the breeze with us again no agenda no no deep political ramifications uh, kind of what we did with Mike Shower yesterday, which I thought was we had. I mean, I thought that was just a fun time 
um, to hang out and just talk about, you know, uh, our, our youths and our pasts and uh, and just enjoyed some great conversation there. We're going to try that again uh, later today with Ben Carpenter as well in Hour 2. Um, coming up tomorrow on the program, we also have um, – we're go- you are going to focus on some political stuff because it's Firearms Friday, and I just can't get away from that. It's kind of baked into me. It's kind of built into my DNA. We're going to talk with Dr. John Lott in Hour 1, Chris Chang in Hour 2, and we'll finish everything up with Willie Waffle at the end of the show tomorrow. So tomorrow's a full show. And then on Monday, we're going to be talking <clears> – <throat> Uh, with a, a guest about how to beat the winter blues. How to beat the winter? I mean, I don't, are you feeling the winter blues? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We're going to talk to Dr. Greg Hammer about that um, on Monday uh, and working on some other guests as well. So it should be a, should be a fun, a fun time will be had by all is all I can say. That's, that's coming up there as well um we've got some other memories coming up here in the next segment but uh quick quick uh quick trip down the housekeeping aisle here to get things uh to get things going on uh first and foremost thank you i saw a few more recipes go up yesterday on the uh, holiday recipe contest page on our facebook if you haven't gone over there to facebook.com slash michael duke show and added your recipe to the list. Now's your time to do it. Get a chance to win. Make sure that you make sure that you uh, share it. Brian shared. I this is. I got to tell you, I'm already all about this. His great grandmother's great grandmother Norton's chocolate peppermint bars. <laughs> I love. I love the peppermint and chocolate combo together. So good. Chris dropped some herbal sourdough rolls. Um, and, uh, it was just a, a bunch of other ones, like several other ones that got dropped in there as well. Uh, you should, uh, you should go check it out. Uh, again, go over to, uh, michaeldukeshow.com and click on the Facebook link or just go straight to facebook.com slash michaeldukeshow. Look for the big picture of the holiday spread that says holiday recipe contest. Post your contest, uh, post your recipes rather in the comment section and then encourage your friends to go vote on it. Uh, because uh, they they get a chance to they get a chance to sway the audience at this point, and whoever uh, whoever gets the most likes and thumbs ups and loves and everything else is going to be the winner of that contest. And we're going to be giving away uh, a couple different prizes. Uh, I think to first and second place now, and we'll give the we'll give the first place winner the choice of. The bag of beard curler coffee in the coffee mug or a gift certificate to Point Blank Firearms and Self-Defense. We have a pistol course there that people can, which I thought tied neatly into that, uh, tied neatly into that whole Firearms Friday kind of thing. Uh, but it'll be a great opportunity uh, for folks to uh, uh, for do it. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, oh, and I do have, somebody just said that they've been listening, they've been looking, sorry. Looking for my Spotify list on, um, on apparently on the, I don't know if they've been looking on Spotify or what, but I have been, uh, I bragged that up a few years. Um, I've got the, uh, I've got a, a whole list of songs that do nothing but, uh, 
bring me the Christmas spirit. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and share that link and post it up uh, for folks to uh, um, for fo- folks to check it out. I'll post that up on Facebook this morning um, and I'll post it up in the chat room right now. My my Spotify playlist for Christmas. I mean, it's only 10 hours and 36 minutes long, so you may want to add a few more things to it. Uh, so. That was that was that was good stuff. Uh, all right, so um, I'm ready to. I don't know. I'm just ready to chat with you guys and hang out. I turned the phones on already. So if you want to chat this first hour this morning, I'd love to hear from you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some memories in the next hour uh, because of what today is. If you don't know what today is, you're about to find out. And uh, we'll be back uh, here in just a second to discuss it. And we will return. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Hey, folks. How you doing? Man, I got this kink in my beard that's bucking me. It won't go away. <laughs> never mind don't look at me don't look at me this morning thought i'd brushed it out i thought it was fine i was like you know should have brought out the blow dryer um let me i was looking to blow dry it just blow dry it in the right way good morning good morning good morning hey dad uh boss is at my feet bosco was at my feet he's just hanging out there he's got a he's got this nice bit it's not he's like he's almost two times the size of Ruger, my last Boston Terrier. And so sometimes it's like things that Ruger used to do. Bosco is just like too big to do. But uh, anyway, he's sitting between my feet um, in his uh, big fluffy bed that he barely fits in. And uh, it's all good. Um, Denise says she's been up since 4 a.m. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh <laughs> She's been up since 4 a.m. The bear has awakened. Bill liked my scurry, scurry, hustle, bustle. Yeah, well, it's kind of, you know, isn't that, it's like your scurry, scurry, you know, got to go get the, I think my wife got, she got the vast majority of the Christmas gifts uh, squared away, and I got most of my stuff squared away. I've got like one more thing to get, and I think I'm good. I think I'm all good for the Christmas time, but we'll, we'll see here. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jack. How are you, my friend? Um, uh, Chris said, I've been looking for your Christmas playlist on Spotify. All I get is Michael Blue I went ahead and posted that up on, if you look down in the comments, I just, I'll post it again because it's still in my, 
clipboard. There you go. There's the Spotify list with only 10 and a half hours of Christmas music. Um, uh, and Dallas did it as the gender he was assigned at birth. Yeah, Dallas did it just that way. Um, Brian says the Pinto response from yesterday's show was the best response I've ever seen out of you ever. <laughs> that's when Mike, that's when Mike shower told me that his original car was a, cause I was expecting it to be like a muscle car or something. And he said, no, I drove a Pinto and that just struck me as hysterical. I don't know why, but it was just funny stuff. Um, <clears throat> Okay, uh, some of you know what's up. Some of you know what's coming here in just a minute. It's dang cold outside this morning. Yeah, it went from 24 degrees yesterday morning to 6 degrees this morning. I was like, brr, what the what? The what? what the what is going on? Have you ever played Santa? Um, I played Santa about 20 years ago for one evening. It was from some charity thing, and I can't remember what it was. Somebody volunteered me for it. And uh, my beard wasn't even white at the time. My This only turned white. If you look at the Firearms Friday picture, you could see my beard was not all white. It was mostly brown. That, sh that picture is only like, uh, I mean, that picture is n like nine years old. Oh, you can't really see it because it's got the thing behind it. Anyway, that picture is like only like eight years old, something like that. <clears throat> I have only gone white in the last six, seven years. Um, but yeah, I have played Santa before. Um, need some, need some beard love too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This morning it just was fighting me. It was just fighting me, fighting me hard. Um, anyway, we're about to, uh, we're about to, you missed a good show yesterday. Oh yeah, Bill, you did. You have to go back and watch it. We had a great show. We had a great show. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It was enjoyable. It was just reminiscence and lots of great stuff. You should go back and watch it on the Facebook thing because then you could see all the comments. All the comments were great too. Everybody was engaged yesterday. And that's a great, that's a great, great thing. They make beard oil. I know they make beard oil, but then my beard picks up all, I don't use it very much because then a bunch of stuff gets, anyway, it's, it's my problem today. I know it's got a bit of a dent in it. I'm working on it. All right, we're going to go. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Right, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Uh, we are uh, continuing on this morning. Uh, I've got all four. I've got all the phone lines open if you want to if you want to hang out and uh, chat about. 
well, anything Christmas today. If you want to share Christmas memories from now until my final day of broadcast for the year, I'm happy for that. Anytime, anytime you want to call in and tell us some of your favorite Christmas memories, I love that. I love that. You know what I especially love? I'll tell you what I especially love here in a minute. Remind me to tell you what I especially love. Because first I want to get to this. Uh, I want to get to this next segment. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just take a moment, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to me at, and I want you to put yourself in a mindset. I want you to put yourself and just quiet your mind for a second, and I want you to think, and I want to pretend that you don't live in a world with instantaneous communication. That you don't live in a world where you've got 24-7 news cycles, you know, cable TV, the internet, the internet doesn't exist. You know, that things are a bit simpler, that, uh, you know, you, you are kind of more connected to your community because you're not, you know, inculcated with information 24-7, 365. You don't necessarily know what's going on in Washington, D.C., except for, you know, you've been reading your your paper, you know, every day or once or twice a week. You read the paper to see what the politicians are doing. But the tensions are high and things are going on. And then you you hear about something happening. Nobody quite knows what's going on. Nobody is quite sure about what's happening um, there's some unease, there's rumors of war in other parts of the world, and you're sitting around that kitchen table, um, having breakfast, getting ready for work, and you're listening, and the radio comes on to give you the news. And you are rocked right down to your socks because for the first time in many years the country is under attack yesterday december 7th 1941 a date which will live in infamy the united states of america was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. Yesterday, the Japanese government also launched an attack against Malaya. Last night, 
Japanese forces attacked Hong Kong. Last night, Japanese forces attacked Guam. Last night, Japanese forces attacked the Philippine Islands. Last night, the Japanese attacked Wake Island. And this morning, the Japanese attacked Midway Island. Japan has therefore undertaken a surprise offensive extending throughout the Pacific area. The facts of yesterday and today speak for themselves. The people of the United States have already formed their opinions and well understand the implications to the very life and safety of our nation. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense, no matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion. The American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. We will not only defend ourselves to the uttermost, but will make it very certain that this form of treachery shall never again endanger us. With confidence in our armed forces, with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph, so help us God. I ask that the Congress declare that since the unprovoked and dastardly attack by Japan on Sunday, December 7th, 1941, a state of war has existed between the United States and the Japanese Empire. That's what it was. That was December 8th. The president giving that speech uh, over the air, broadcasting it nationwide. Uh, and that was the time. That was the moment that Americans all came together and stepped up, whether they were isolationists or whether they had been fighting to intervene in the war in Europe. That was the wake-up call for many Americans and the beginning of um, the greatest war that we had seen up until that point. And uh, it is... Uh, it, it it's a day to remember, an absolute day to remember. December seventh, nineteen forty one, the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor, and I just I was thinking about this yesterday um, as as I was looking at it, and that's why I ask you to put yourself in that headspace because it is it is astonishing to think about, you know, from where we are today to where we were back then to where there wasn't instantaneous 
Um, it was such an instantaneous uh, 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 communication where, you know, something happens. The attack uh, by Hamas on Israel, for example, I mean, we knew about that in minutes. In minutes, it was transmitted around the globe that this is what was happening. And yet, in this case, many Americans didn't know about it until they turned on the radio the next day. They had no idea. Sure, they knew there were tensions going on, things were happening. They knew that the, you know, the war in Europe was progressing and, and stuff was going on. Uh, but they had no idea that we had been drawn into this global conflict um, at that point. I'm not saying that was necessarily that's necessarily great, but it's a whole different day. Um, it, it's just it was just a whole different time, and Americans, um, you know, came together, and that is a day that is that I mean it is it's not an official holiday. It's not an official. I mean, it's not like a you know where everybody gets a day off or anything. But every time we come back around to it, I always try and. Uh, and share the share the day with people because this was a day where America put aside its differences, and we saw something very similar after 9/11. But it was one of those times where Americans, who are uh, you know who are a melting pot, who are very dissimilar, who have different viewpoints and who have different ideals and philosophies and everything, but it see at a time it was when Americans just. They put those aside. They put those aside and they came together. It's the old it's the old band of the hand thing, right? You know, where each and every one of us is an individual finger, uh, you know, doing our own thing, independently going in different directions. But if you come against us, we come together as a as a fist and we and we do it. And I mean it last i mean that was that was america pulling deep we have not had to sacrifice we've had many wars since world war 2 we've had many conflicts uh including this continual you know the global war on terror in afghanistan and iraq and vietnam and korea and all but at no time was america more involved at every level than during world war 2 between the rationing and the manufacturing and the rosie the riveters and and uh, the you know the the tire drives and the scrap drives and everything else that was going on, at no other time has the has a country really come together more than that. And so we could go on and talk about the politics of that day and the again the you know Roosevelt and his problems and did he know and you know again the isolationists or the interventionalists and we could there you could talk about a lot of things. But once it happened, we were in it to win it. We were in it to win it. Um, and that was the day that America came came to the rescue of the rest of the world. I mean, I'm an American exceptionalist in my heart. I believe America is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Not necessarily was it doesn't necessarily have to do with might. I believe it has to do with ideology and ideals. Um, but at that time, America had kind of sat out the conflict and uh, Japan did the rest of the world a favor, quite honestly, because we finally got involved and we persevered. And Japan paid a heavy, heavy price for that. And yes, Elena says they woke a sleeping giant. Yes, that's exactly. 
And and that was Admiral Yamamoto's comment. He he counseled against it. He eventually carried it out, but he counseled against it initially because he understood the American mindset and understood that what you were doing is not not healthy. It's not healthy if you take if you take a crack at the U.S. It was not going to be a good outcome. And in the end, after thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of lives were lost across the globe, it was not a good thing for them. But freedom did prevail, and uh, it is uh, it's a day that we we should be remembering. Um, you know, many people don't think about December seventh as you know, a day that would live in infamy. I try and remember it. I try and teach my kids to remember it. And I try and hopefully share all of those with you. Um, Jeannie just made a comment in the chat room of something that I'd never heard of, but I believe it. She said, civil war veterans wanted to re-up. It was such an offense. Now they would have been old at that point. (laughs) I mean, they would have, they would have been in their eighties at that point, but I can imagine That was the sentiment. You had boys who were as young as 15 and 16 faking their way into the military to go out there and fight. That, I mean, that was a, that was a common occurrence. They didn't have the record keeping that they have today. They had people going in there and faking it at, you know, if they were big boys, if they were big teenagers who looked, you know, like they could be over the age of 18, um, they were joining up and they were going out there and they were doing it. And I've had the privilege of spending some time in the Pacific. Um, I have uh, one of my one of my favorite possessions that I have in a little box is some sand from the beaches of Iwo Jima, uh, which is sacred soil, uh, in my opinion, paid for by the blood of U.S. Marines who went out there and fought and fought and fought. Um, it was a it was brutal. It was a brutal time, but we persevered. And we should always remember, we should always remember um, uh, that December 7th, 1941 is a day that will live in infamy. All right. I mean, that was not political, but it was a little heavy. But it's a good day of remembrance to know that when we come together, when we close that fist and we join ourselves and we put aside our personal stuff, that we can do almost anything in this country. So just, just remember that. All right. Uh, we got more coming up. I'm, the phone lines are open. If you want to sound off on this Pearl Harbor day, share any of your thoughts, lessons, memories, People telling me a lot uh, here in the chat room about their families. We'll be back. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Let me see what uh, we've got, you know, what we've got here. Um, okay. We would, I would be absolutely fine without tech, without tech, says Terry, because I was asking people to, you know, kind of put themselves in that mind space for a minute. Um. Jeannie says he acts like we can't imagine it. Well, I mean, I think maybe people on this show could imagine it. Maybe not, you know, everybody, but I think most of us can imagine it because we were there at one point, right, in our in our youth. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, Melody says my dad, uh, my dad fought in the Navy Seabees three tours. So proud to be a daughter of a Vietnam vet. Um. Tawny said, my 18-year-old granddaughter just returned from Hawaii. I can tell her visit to the USS Arizona impacted her greatly. My, 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 those who lost their lives, uh, hopefully, I guess she's saying, uh, okay. Those who lost their lives, give rest and peace and give comfort to the family, says Tawny. Absolutely. Um, abso, abso freaking lutely. Um, and Melody says, if you haven't been to Oahu and you get a chance to visit the Pearl Harbor site, it's a humbling experience. I cried through the whole tour. I can imagine. I mean, that that is just, yeah. I mean, I've, no, I've never been there. I lived in Hawaii, but I never made it over to Oahu to that memorial. Um, and I can imagine. It, it is one of my regrets. I wish I had had a chance to visit that. Um, just amazing. Um, thank you, Michael, for that clip. My USMC uncle was in Honolulu a month or so before that attack. He went down later with a ship in the Java Sea. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Chris is like, yeah, the whole country came together after Pearl Harbor. Uh, history is to be learned and remembered so as to not repeat the bad things and what led to those bad things. I agree. I agree. And Elena says they awoke a sleeping giant. Yep. Uh, the other, that was a Yamamoto quote. Greg hits the other Yamamoto quote, which is a rifle behind every blade of grass. That's when they were talking about invading the United States. And Yamamoto is like, there will be a rifle behind every blade of grass. And uh, that is, uh, that is, that is 100% true right there. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, two great uncles went down, uh, with the ship that day, says Gail. Two of her great uncles went down with ships on that day. Devastated my grandfather losing two brothers. Oof. Man, I can't imagine. Ooh, the sense of anger and betrayal. It, I mean, it was a, it was a day. I mean, there was a shock. It was shock. It was shock. But once that shock was over, that's when it happened. That's when it happened. Oh, oh, man. Powerful, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Um, 
And I, yeah, you wonder what, how it would come today. Somebody said, I wonder what it would be like today. Um, I shudder to think the youth of today would be run. I shudder to think that the youth of today would be running to safe spaces. I'm sure that there would be some that would. I'm sure that there'd be somebody on Fox News or somebody, some uh, talking head or some kid on the street who'd be like, well, what do I care? My hometown's over here. What do I care that half is there? That's that's what we get for being imperialists or you know some other thing. I'm sure there'd be some fervor and some lather. But, I mean, I think we saw a bit of it after 9-11. It didn't last nearly as long. Um, but, you know, let's face it. We're divorced from the consequences of a lot of those things today. Look at what happened during World War II and how American, how the American public had to live and survive. You know, how much the war effort actually trickled down into the economy, right, with rationing and gas cards and, you know, t brass and scrap metal drives and, you know, looking for rubber and tires and all the things that just look at what happened then. America was engaged in it. Ever since then, it's, you know, ever since then, we we are divorced from it. It happens in a foreign country in a foreign land, and we don't feel the squeeze of any of the resources or anything else. We don't have the rationing or it just doesn't happen. So we are kind of divorced from that whole, from that whole thing, you know? Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's interesting to think about. So I, uh, you know, so anyway, um, we're 20 seconds out. We're ready to go. 2004, I had the privilege to leave from Pearl Harbor on the USS Germantown on Memorial Day. I had the rare opportunity to do a Tiger cruise with my son, who was a Marine, who is a Marine, um, and uh, cruising on a naval ship past the Arizona Memorial in the USS Missouri is extremely humbling. I can imagine. I can imagine. All right, here we go. Common Sense Radio. Okay, welcome back to the program on this uh, beautiful, chilly, dang, it just dropped like three more degrees. What the heck? It's actually getting colder. Awesome. Uh, three more degrees. Uh, we're going to uh, continue uh, on this morning. We got one final segment of this hour, and then Ben Carpenter is going to be joining us, and we're going to talk with him about the meaning of Christmas to him. We're talking about history and memories and, <clears throat> you know, just kind of relax and unwind together. It's going to be fun. Right now we've been talking about Pearl Harbor and December 7th, 1941, some of the differences of what's going on. There's some great comments uh, in the chat room today for folks if you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to go out there and, See what's going on. Gail talks about how two of her uncles went down with ships that day in Pearl Harbor. Said she said it devastated her grandfather, losing two brothers all in one fell swoop. I, I can't even imagine 
what that would be like. I just can't even imagine. Um, Tawny said uh, uh, that her 18-year-old granddaughter had just returned from Hawaii. And uh, she said the visit to the USS Arizona Im impacted her greatly. Yeah. Uh, Teresa said her uncle was a Marine. USMC was in Honolulu a month or so before that attack. And then he later went down with his ship in the Java Sea. Um, it, it, it impacted every American. Every American felt the impact of that. And not just because they knew somebody or they were acquainted with somebody who died during the war or who was involved in that, but because I was just saying it was the last war where really the American public was involved at a visceral, fiscal, financial level. I mean, you know, rationing of everything from gasoline to foodstuffs, you know, scrap metal drives to try and, and be able to make more ammunition and more uh, materials and planes and ships and everything. You know, women going, uh, you know, women filling in the jobs of men in the factories because the men were off to war to fight. And the women's were the, the women's, the women's, the women were the one that were in there building the planes and riveting the ships and doing all the. I mean, it was it was uh, an amazing undertaking. Every aspect of society was involved in that. And pretty much in every conflict since, the American public has been completely divorced from what's happening overseas um, in the fact that we don't feel that struggle at home. We don't feel that. It's just it's something that's happening to somebody else somewhere else. The, the war effort was the last time, I think, that that synergistically the American public, the government, the military, they were all together and one moving in the same direction. And that's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing uh, uh, thing to think about. And the differences about how, you know, we are today versus, you know, what they went through back then in the day. And I and I'm I I was just thinking about how shocked some Americans must have been um, because they hadn't heard anything about it until the president's speech that day. You know, the radio the rate the radio you're listening to right now that radio was the key role that was the way that people found out about anything in those days in a quick way um because you didn't have television cable the internet your cell phones any of that stuff where you could find out about it get an alert on twitter and boom you know about it in 5 seconds and that ripple just must have just it must have just run right across the country I'm just picturing people sitting around their tables hearing about it for the first time, probably along some of the same shocking lines that we heard about when 9-11 happened. That same kind of thing. And again, it, although for 9-11 it was a shorter period of time, um, in you know, people just put aside their differences because we had been attacked. And we worked towards a common goal. And uh, I'm sure it wasn't all ponies and rainbows. I'm sure it wasn't all... Uh, you know, the 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 kumbaya and everybody had a Coke and a smile. I'm sure it wasn't like that for everything. But for the most part, the country came together and they they went to town. And we contributed to the freeing of the world in many ways. So definitely a day to remember <clears throat> and something that I mean, I hope that they're going over this in schools today. 
Uh, I know that I did in the past when we were homeschooling our kids. I know that I did. I talked about this with the kids on those days, and we watched the old news reels and the news clips and the video of what was happening. We watched the speech. We talked about, you know, the things like that. I'm I'm hoping that today, if your kid is in school or your grandkid is in school, that I hope today that they're getting a lesson in what happened. And, uh, uh, you know, I hope nobody's giving the impression that somehow we deserved it, which <laughs> I've actually heard that opinion before. I've gotten into I've gotten into discussions that World War Two is a favorite area of mine of U.S. history. And I've gotten into some discussions with people one time because somebody basically told me at one point that we deserved it. Um, that was a hard conversation not to uh, get upset about. But, you know, there are people out there who just believe that everything that happens, you know, we we deserve because of who we are. Uh, and that's for people who, uh, I'll be honest, that's for people who believe that, uh, who feel guilty because America is, a, America is, you know, a successful nation. That's a fringe side effect of kind of that whole ideology of, of uh, we feel bad that we're, we're succeeding as a nation and... Uh, it, it's a it's a whole thing in and of itself. All right, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We've got about three or four minutes here uh, re- left of the show. If you want to sound off with any, if you want to talk about Pearl Harbor Day, you want to talk about your family, you know, being part of it or any stories that you may have, um, you know, or memories or, or you know, if you've visited the memorial and had a chance to uh, – had a chance to see it firsthand. Um, Bill said in the chat room, he said in 2004, he said, I had the privilege to leave from Pearl Harbor on the USS Germantown on Memorial Day. He said, I had the rare opportunity to do the Tiger Cruise, is what they call it, with my son, who is a Marine. Cruising on a naval ship past the Arizona Memorial and the USS Missouri is extremely humbling. I couldn't. I couldn't absolutely agree more. That would be a very humbling sight uh, to see for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, it's one of my great regrets. I lived in Hawaii for about a year, uh, worked there and and lived there uh, in my early, early adulthood, late youth, early adulthood. And uh, one of my one of my prime regrets, I don't have many regrets from living there, but one of my prime regrets is that I didn't ever get over to Oahu to go through the uh, memorial. I wish I had. That would have been one day. One day I'll get back over there and we'll uh, we'll enjoy it and uh, and be ready to uh, be ready to go. Um, all right. Uh, coming up on next week's program, uh, we're going to be talking with Dr. Greg Hammer on Monday about beating the winter blues. We've got election integrity with, uh, Dr. Uh, Frank, um, oh, what's I've forgotten Dr. Frank's last name. All of a sudden my brain just went yogurty. Uh, we're got, uh, that's going to be on Thursday, uh, working on some other local guests to just talk about some things, maybe, you know, keeping your fireplace clean or, I don't know, something. We're just going to have some in, in, informal discussions with some of the folks around there. And then on the following week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of uh, the 18th, 19th, and 20th, it's going to be nothing but Christmas memories, 
We're going to do a whole show of people calling in with their favorite Christmas memories. That's going to be a call-in show. That'll be on a Monday. Tuesday, we'll have Brad and, and, and Chris on, and we'll talk about holiday memories for them, and we'll talk about food and music and movies. And then on Wednesday, we'll announce the winner of the recipe contest, and we'll also talk with uh, Mike Shower about uh, his favorite you know, movies and it, it, it everything. It'll be, it'll be fun. It will be amazing. So that's going to be the final week of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Wednesday the 20th will be the final day of broadcast for the year. And then we'll pick it up on the 2nd of uh, January. So looking forward to that. Hope you'll stick around for us for hour two. Ben Carpenter, Representative Ben Carpenter, is going to be our guest. We're going to talk with him about his growing up and the holidays and some of his favorite stuff and just kind of, we'll kind of riff. Maybe we'll talk about Pearl Harbor Day. It's all coming up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay. Yeah, it's cold. Everybody, it's, it's cold around here today. <laughs> I mean, I just watched the temperature drop like two or three degrees in the last uh, 45 minutes. So, yeah, it's uh, it's cooling right off. Cooling right off. Um, amazing. Uh, okay. Americans are good. People, our current administration is the problem. I, I mean, I would just, I'm of the opinion, Denise, that most current administrations are the problem. It really is. I mean, we're, we're changing as a country, and I don't think it's necessarily great. You know, we've again that divorcing of kind of the public from the from the rest of the situations where the public doesn't have to pay a price for this. I would say it would definitely change some things if the American public was feeling the impact of some of these conflicts that we've gotten ourselves into. If we had to pay for, you know, if we had to go back on rationing or, you know, gas things or metal drives or all the things that that uh, those folks went through, I think it would be a I think it would be a, a whole different deal. Oh, <sighs> okay. Well, are we ready? Are we ready? Let me see. My oh, this thing gets so slow. Um. Uh, the Arizona, you could still see and smell the fuel oil sleeping uh, seeping from the ship. Yeah, they still got a sheen. It says you can see it right there on it. I mean, it's a tomb of it's a tomb of. Uh, of a bunch of sailors that uh sailors and marines who went down you know with the ship it's it's amazing uh tawny said i did visit the arizona memorial twice my first time uh when i was in training for the navy uh, joint base pearl harbor it was difficult realizing my fellow shipmates are still there and that's the thing i i 
maybe some people don't realize, but there's thousands of sailors entombed in those ships. Um, they just, that's it. It's, it's a resting place. And, uh, that's a, it's very sobering when you think about it, uh, them just being there. Um, <laughs> elect Trump and that will wake up America. I, that's not what I'm advocating for, but I mean, you do you, my friend, if you want to vote for, you know, you vote for whoever you want to vote for. Um, we are feeling the impact though, says Bradley. Everyone just needs to look at their pay stubs. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to, I'm going to take issue with that argument because it's a totally different thing. I mean, again, do go back and do some research and take a look at what was happening. I mean, the food rationing, the gas rationing, you know, the, the, the rubber drives, the metal drives, the brass drives. I mean, they were doing all these things trying to get it done. It, it, sure, we're paying, we're, we're feeling some impact in the economy, but it is nowhere near as all-encompassing and pers- and pervasive as what was as what was happening back during World War II. I mean, I I know we're paying for it. I know that we're we're that it does have some impact, but it's just nothing like it was uh, back in the day. The COVID thing was a small glimpse into that world, said Brian. And in a way, you're right, because, again, they kind of locked down everything. It was more of a direct control over everything. Victory gardens, grow your own food. I mean, that was a big deal. Yeah, victory gardens were a big deal because people, they had to grow their, you couldn't go down to the groceries and and get, it was, you know, again, it was a whole different thing. A whole different thing, for sure. And I'm not romanticizing it. I'm not saying that that's great. I'm saying, but but I will say that people definitely felt the impact of it. And maybe some of the things that have been going on across the country over the last 50 years, maybe those things would have been a little different if people were directly affected about it in the same way. Maybe they wouldn't have stood for it as long as they did. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Uh, let me send uh, Ben uh, a, a comment here. i got to make sure we're a good deal. Uh, send a link to your, um, okay. Okay. So we're getting ready here, uh, to jump back into it. Hour two is dead ahead and we are ready to go. We're ready to, ready to, ready to jump into it with both feet. Oh, um, Diesel and fuel were being rationed. Farmers weren't running their tractors all day. Oh no, I I agree. I mean that's that was part of the pro- part of the problem. And of course, it was also a you know partially a manpower issue. There was I mean there was all kinds of stuff going on. There's a huge trickle knock on effect of all those things, for sure. Um. My wife and I, uh, Gary says, my wife and I were on the memorial and I was in uniform when we were invited by a family who was placing a family member who survived the attack back in, back with his shipmates. Oh, oh, oof. Oh, that got me right in the feels. Dang. Dang. That got me right in the feels right there. Um. Gary, uh, 
post his comments up there for folks to read. That right there. Ooh, dang. That is just... <sighs> okay. Okay. Um, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're going to reset. Here we go. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to it, the Thursday edition of the Michael Duke Show, but more importantly, the December 7th edition of the Michael Duke Show, the day that will live in infamy. we just been finishing up talking about uh, Pearl Harbor. Uh, today is Pearl Harbor Day, for those of you who uh, who didn't know or uh, weren't counting it on the calendar. The day that will live in infamy. The day that uh, memorializes the attack on uh, Pearl Harbor by the forces of the Empire of Japan. And uh, we've been telling some stories. We've been reminiscing. We've been uh, talking with folks who had family members who were involved in that. Uh, people who have visited the memorial during the break, um, Gary uh, posted up there and said uh, and said the following, which just, I mean, just put a shiver up my spine. He said, "My wife and I were on the memorial, and he said, and I was in uniform when we were invited by a family who was placing a family member who survived the attack back with his shipmates. A very somber and moving ceremony to observe." I can imagine, I mean, I just, I, I can imagine that, you know, having survived the attack, having survived World War II, having survived and moved on, then to be placed back with his shipmates after all that, that's a, it's, it's an amazing, I mean, that, that would be a very somber, amazing, humbling ceremony. I can't imagine being part of that. That would be, that would be great. Um, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing time, but it's a, it's an amazing time to remember. And again, not all the things were, uh, not all the things about World War II and the people coming together, not all that stuff was great. I mean, you know, uh, there were internment camps for the Japanese specifically, they had it, but, uh, Jeannie mentions, she says, my immigrant grandparents 
were interned in camps in the San Joaquin Valley, their fishing boats dry docked, and their homes on the coast confiscated because they were Italians who fought for America during the First World War. I mean, it wasn't just the Japanese, but yeah, I mean, and it, so it's not all, again, rainbows and roses and ponies uh, for everybody when the country came together. There were some things that were definitely bad about what happened here during World War II, but Overall, we did come together and we fought back. And today was the day that kind of kickstarted that whole thing. Uh, so I just, you know, I always want to try and remember that as we uh, as we go through. Okay, uh, we're ready to go. Uh, Representative Ben Carpenter is uh, our guest this morning, and we're just going to hang out and uh, talk and do some memories. And I don't know, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a, a jib jab. The jaw jacking, jaw jacking. Uh, good morning, my friend. How are you today? Good morning. I'm I'm doing very well. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Okay. I'm 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 doing. I'm I can hear you well. It's good. I see you got you got the Christmas tree up in the background and everything's all good, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I I decided since you were talking about uh, Christmas here that I thought I'd come down to the, uh, the Compass, which is a uh, coffee shop uh, youth hangout. And uh, broadcast from here this morning. Oh, great! Since I don't, I don't, I don't have a Christmas tree up. I figured this would be a good place to do it. What? That's almost. I mean, come on. What do you wait till like Christmas Eve <laughs> to put the tree up, or what's the what's the deal? Um, we haven't put a tree up for many, many years. Really? Just it's really? just not your thing for your family. It's just not our thing. No, it's okay. I mean, everybody's got their everybody's got their way of remembering the holidays and doing things like that. Um, I, I probably would have to divorce my wife if I said I don't think we should put a tree up uh, right there. She loves just the the memories and the. Our Christmas tree is now filled with ornaments for my wife and I've been married for over thirty years now. So every ornament has got some kind of story attached to it. We still have our first ornament when we first got married. There's a a little a man and a woman holding hands and and swinging on a little thing, and that's still up there. All of our kids' first ornaments and things like that. So. But I mean, to each his own. I'm I'm happy to you know. However, people want to celebrate the the reason for the season. I think that that's a, a it's a great thing. Well, thanks for coming on this morning, Ben. Um, and like I said, you know, this last two weeks of the show or ten eight days, whatever it is now of the show for the year, I'm trying to lighten it up because you and I both know that come December or come January the sixteenth. It's going to be like taking a sip from a fire hose. I mean, it's just going to blow your lips back, right? I mean, you're just not – it's going to be politics wall to wall. That's what you're expecting, I'm assuming, coming up into January. Yeah, I've, I've already cracked that fire hose. That's a that's a sad state of affairs, my friend, that you've already cracked the fire hose. Uh, I'm assuming you think it's going to be a it, – it, it, not, not to, to get too political, but I'm looking for a little bit of a prediction. Is it going to be worse than last year? Is it going to be better than last year? What's your prediction for this half of the session going into the election year? Well, I, I'm going to remain positive, right? I'm going to choose to be positive and say the uh, the potential for us to get things done is always there. The realist in me says that's going to be a very hard potential to realize. Yeah. I mean, I think you can stay positive and stay in the fight, but also understand your the realistic limitations of what is probably going to happen based on how things are built out right now. So that's okay. So we're going to have plenty of time come January, et cetera, to, uh, to, to look over things. We'll know more after the governor's budget comes out uh, in about a week. Uh, eight days next next Friday, the governor's budget's supposed to come out. 
Uh, and we won't we won't have any analysis of that until after the first of the year because I told Brad he couldn't talk about it. Um, but uh, uh, we'll we'll have something, and hopefully we'll catch up with you in January, right before you go down to session, so you can give us your thoughts on it as well. But. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Christmas time for you, my friend. Uh, I mean, is this are you like me? Do some years you really feel it, and some years you don't? Or what's what's your what's your take on it? What what's your take on the holidays here? Well, Christmas time is always a time for me to, um, in my mind, get together with family and just uh, spend some downtime with with family. And, and I think the fondest memories that I have, both as a kid and as a, as an adult raising a family are the times when we didn't necessarily focus on the uh, gift giving um, madness and and spent um, time making memories as a family. So there are several times that we took trips and did things with our with our money limited as it, as it was with the kids to do to do something that made memories. And, and in my mind, that is has been something that sticks with me more than opening presents on on Christmas morning that seems to be um, less of a less of an important thing the older I get yeah no I remember my parents did that for a couple times they did that where instead of you know a whole bunch of Christmas gifts under the tree I mean we still had maybe one or two gifts at our destination or something but for the most part it was the destination was the was the gift, right? We went there. We went to maybe I remember one year when I was real young. Maybe I was nine or ten. We went to Disneyland, uh, and then one year we spent uh, all of Christmas break and and the whole and whole of December in uh, uh, in Hawaii uh, at a condo that they had uh, they borrowed. And I mean, it was those are great. And I remember those more than I remember every present that they ever gave us. You know, during the Christmas time. So you're right, making those memories is is an important time and uh and i i enjoy that i i have i know i have some friends that basically they give one or two gifts to each person and that's it i know other people who uh my wife was an only child and my first my first memory of the first christmas that i spent with her and her family i gotta be honest with you i was a little overwhelmed because she had grandparents and parents and everything else and the amount of gifts that were received for a single child, I was blown away uh, by that. It, it was It's just everybody has something that's a little different, you know, and uh, it's interesting to see what I mean, what traditions, what other traditions do you guys uh, follow, you know, other than, you know, the, the what do you do to make those memories other than travel? What, what other things do you have? I mean, one of the things that I've tried to continue for um, from since my childhood is a, a um, family breakfast. I've, I've, I don't know, remembering my grandmother cooking a family breakfast and everybody getting around um, cinnamon rolls and scrambled eggs and orange juice and as they got older, a coffee. But um, that's one, one tradition that I, I have always tried to maintain is a, a, um, a family breakfast of sorts. That's usually after presidents, presidents get open, but um, that's one tradition that we and, and, and do you have a set? Do you because we have a set? We have kind of a set thing uh, in our family for Christmas breakfast. Do you have a? Is there? Is there? Is it just like cinnamon rolls, or is there a special? This is our Christmas breakfast. We cook it once a year. Here's what it is. It, or or is it just kind of you know take it as you go? No, I, th- I think that's. Um, it's not super special, other than it's on Christmas morning. 
Um, we don't have uh, cinnamon rolls in my house very often. Uh, usually just just uh, special occasions. Um, maybe, maybe there's a potluck or something that we're going to. We'll take cinnamon rolls too, but um, maybe once a year or twice a year. But that's that's to help with our waistlines too, because we don't need to eat that all the time. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's um, scrambled eggs uh, with uh, cheese, maybe a little bit of onions and some uh, like the green onions on top. Oh yeah. And uh, and the cinnamon roll with uh, with the maple maple glaze on it oh, drizzled man. over the top. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good that's what's a good what's what's not to love. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling attacked here because I'd eat that every day. I mean, don't uh, don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, my family. Uh, my dad started for for when I was growing up for our family. My dad made these special. Um, they're, uh, strawberry crepes. They're like ricotta cheese and strawberries and, and, you know, cream cheese filling and, and with drizzles of strawberries on the top. And that became our Christmas breakfast as I was growing up. And so I've continued that tradition, but my wife, my wife also occasionally some years will mix it up and she does this, um, this kind of breakfast casserole coffee casserole cake thing that's just it's really delicious but there's something special about that after the presents you know the music's playing you're hanging out you're cleaning up all this stuff and and you're and you're having that christmas breakfast do you have the big traditional christmas dinner as well or do you do that on christmas eve or what's your what's your what's your what's your dinner situation yeah, we do usually have uh, family dinner for those that are able to um, get into town and um Sometimes it's on Christmas Eve, sometimes it's Christmas Day. It kind of depends on the work shifts and who's going to be around. But, um, yeah, I, I think for the most part, we generally duplicate a, uh, a Thanksgiving dinner at Christmas time. Uh, maybe one year if there's a turkey and Thanksgiving, we have ham and Christmas. That's yeah generally how I how I remember it. My, <laughs> my wife might remember it differently, but yeah. Um, well, that's the that's, thing. I always remember Christmas because I'm the one because we do a Christmas ham. We always do a brown sugar and bourbon glazed ham for Christmas. And uh, I'm the one that does the ham. So I always remember the I always remember the Christmas, uh, the Christmas time. But that's uh, yeah, that's always the fun. You know, and it's always why why are most of our memories wrapped up around things like food and you know i don't know it's the get together right it's the hanging out at the table and talking in this huckledy buck world my family does not eat dinner at a table as much as they should i'll be honest with you i mean it 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 happens at this point especially since most of the kids are older it happens at this point very rarely so those are the ones that we really tr- cherish where we can sit around the kitchen table and uh at the dining room table and just enjoy each other's company, enjoy some good food and some talk and some laughs and, and having something special like that is always, is always good. Do you have a special Christmas gift or special Christmas, um, uh, 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 meal or, or special recipe that you use every year or something you look forward to every year? Well, um, no, not particularly. I I guess I'm pretty simple. The the thing that I look forward to the most is that Christmas breakfast. It's crazy because I I um, I usually um, make breakfasts when I'm at home and and uh, sometimes we trade off. My wife and I do, but um, breakfast has always been a special thing for me. And so that Christmas morning breakfast is just that's been something that I I try to to achieve. But other than that, there's no nothing um, special or sacrosanct about uh, any of the meals. It's just 
heresy heresy yeah right I, I know I, I, maybe i'm i'm just not the uh not the guy that lives for tradition a whole lot yeah no it's and i don't even think it has to be true i think it's more about nostalgia right it's that one recipe that everybody used that grandma used that mom and dad used that now you use that you're going to pass on to your kids um you know i mean all the other side dishes or things may change or whatever maybe it's a special dessert or an entree but there's always, you know, it's that one thing, like I would only cook those crepes once a year uh, because it's not like they're hard to make. It's just, it's that one special time and it's kind of fun uh, to to do it. So uh, Representative Ben Carpenter is our guest. We're going to continue with him. We're talking about holiday traditions and, uh, and memories and uh, everything else. We're going to be back here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Merry Christmas to you. Back with more. Right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, Ben Carpenter is our guest. Let me get caught up on some of the uh, let me get caught up on some of the comments in the uh, chat room there to see what says. Melody says I do a day after Christmas eggs Benedict for all my big family. Oh, I love eggs Benedict. Oh, it's been it's been a while since I've had a good eggs Benedict. That might be something to think about for the day after Christmas. It would be a big eggs Benedict. Uh, uh, thing brian says he does dirty eggs cinnamon rolls and call i don't know what dirty eggs are but i'm i'm intrigued i'm down to try anything once um uh denise says my husband's christmas breakfast was strata and grammy's eggnog i don't know what strata is so you see i i'm learning all kinds of stuff this morning uh, to see what thing. Although I do have to draw the line at what Teresa says. She says, I really miss Christmas Eve Lutefisk dinners, which which are no longer since my kid's grandpa passed away. Lutefisk, I, 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 I just don't know. Lutefisk is one of those things that I, I've never tried it, but I'm, uh, I'm hesitant to do that as well. Uh, crumb cakes and lefse make me smile. Uh, Eggs Benedict with smoked salmon is another one. Um, Bread or cornbread? Why not both, Gail? That's my question. Why not both? Uh, Jennifer says, after Christmas Eve breakfast, we read Christmas stories from the Christmas Eve breakfast, Christmas Day breakfast, Christmas Eve breakfast, we read stories from the Bible. That's great. I mean, the story of, you know, Bethlehem and Mary and the angel and all that kind of stuff. That's always a great. That's always a great time to read uh, those kind of things as you go through. Um, how about you, uh, Ben? And anything, anything uh, striking you out here? You want to try any of these things for your Christmas breakfast? Well, I I happen to love eggs Benedict, but I'm not a runny yolk guy, so that kind of puts a crimp in the uh, eggs Benedict. When I order it at the restaurant, I usually actually ask them to 
to uh, cook the eggs over hard or uh, poach them over hard. And that makes it more uh, tolerable for me. But I love I love uh, Eggs Benedict. Man, I, I could see myself doing that for Christmas breakfast. Yeah, that would be a great one. And you, you know what? You're cooking so you can make them all over hard if you wanted. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't have to you don't have to do it. I happen to like me a nice runny egg for for Eggs Benedict. But that's, you know, again, to each his own. I mean, you know, have a runny egg. Don't have a runny egg. Have a tree. Don't have a tree. Have a stocking. Don't have a stocking. Do you guys do stockings? We do do stockings, yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Uh, uh, oh, wait, your wife just said, Ben's favorite family recipe is grandma's cinnamon rolls. <laughs> so, see, there is a secret. He just didn't want to share it. Are you one of those guys that doesn't want to share the secret recipe? That's what I want to know. Doggone it. <laughs> that was it. She let the cat out of the bag. Uh, just you're just gonna have to tell her she has to post that recipe up on our recipe contest. Maybe you'll win a bag of beard curler coffee and some and and a, and a coffee mug. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to learn how to roll out of bed a little quieter. A little. Shh, don't tell everybody. Christmas is. <laughs> she says Christmas is just not right without them. I can see that. Sometimes it's just not Christmas without that special that special thing. It just it makes it and then you know, Ben, that's right. That's part of that. You were talking about traveling and stuff. That's part of the memory, right? Is waking up on that Christmas morning as a kid and oh, what do I smell? You know, kind of thing. Or, you know, as the presents are being opened, you smell some of the things going. I mean, that's just one of those things. It's yeah. uh it's great. Uh it's you know, and and I love how everybody celebrates it a little bit differently. Um, and we'll get back to that here in just a second. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat ourselves on the radio, but that's great. So now you've got to put, here's the thing. This recipe contest was built around the premise of one thing, Ben, I do not understand people who say, oh, I've got this really great, great recipe that was passed down from my great, 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 second great grandmother. And it's delicious and it's amazing. Oh, but I can't share it with you because she's told me never to share it with anybody. And I'm just like. What, what's the, per share the love, man, share the joy. I have a recipe that I love from my grandmother and I will pawn it off on anybody who even expresses a slight interest in it. You know what I mean? So we need, <clears throat> we need you to post that recipe up or your wife could post that recipe up on the holiday contest page. All right, hold on. We're about to jump back into it. Uh, the Michael Duke show comments. He just got busted out. Did you see that? He I just did. got busted out. I did. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public enemy number one, which makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show. I am not. I'm a perfect angel. Always have been. Never a problem for anybody. Ben Carpenter is our guest representative from down on the peninsula. We've just been talking about Christmas stuff. And then Ben got busted out by his wife on the comment section because he's like, oh, I don't think there's any favorite thing. And she's like, no, no, Ben's favorite recipe is grandma's cinnamon rolls, period. Uh, she, she says Christmas is not right without them. And I was just chastising Ben to say, you got to share that recipe, right? Or are you sworn to secrecy? Does somebody make you pinky promise never to share the recipe? 
Now this is this, this is the season for being generous, right? So um, I will I will share with the world now <laughs> my my favorite recipe. Yeah, it's one of those things where you find out, you know, oh, they, this is this this is the secret family recipe that blah blah blah, and then you find out that it came from a 1943 Betty Crocker cookbook, and they just never told anybody where it came from, kind of thing. You know, it's like public, but don't you share it with anybody. Uh, <laughs> What's your uh, what's your uh, Christmas Eve uh, what's your Christmas Eve tradition? Do you have a special tradition on Christmas Eve? I don't think we really have a special tradition. Um, when the kids were younger, we would open one present um, at uh, Christmas Eve just to kind of whet the appetite, and then uh, that was that's pretty much the tradition that we continued while the kids were young. Yeah, no, that's something we did as well, and it was I think in part to kind of like you said wet the appetite, tamp down the whole thing, let it, you know, don't get them so they're not up 53 times a night while you're wrapping some of the other presents, you know, or whatever. And uh yeah, that was always us and we uh you know, we uh we've watched uh, you know, a variety of Christmas movies and things like that. Uh somebody in the chat room said that they right after Christmas breakfast they all read. Uh, uh, they read the the story from the Christmas story from the Bible, which I think is a great way to do it as well. Um, and there, uh, you can either read it. There's uh, there's an audible version of it that is done by. Oh, he's one of the great British voices, and I can't remember. I have it somewhere because we used it. We we listened to it several years in a row. Uh, the Christmas story from the Bible, uh, King James, read by. It wasn't Olivier. It was somebody. Anyway, some great stuff. There's always something that you can do with that. I think that one Christmas present, I think a lot of people do that because it's, uh, uh, like you said, it whets the appetites and keeps them in their beds, hoping that they'll be up the next morning and do anything else. Do you do Christmas music, Christmas movies? Is there anything that you do to help you get into the spirit or what? What? Yeah, we do. We usually do have Christmas uh, music playing and, and uh you know, it's, we've moved around. This is the longest time that longest length of time that my wife and I have lived in one place for all of our married life. We've been moving around with the military. And so there were many different um, locations um, where we did Christmas. And um, it was always important to us to, to um, impart the Christmas story, the biblical Christmas story to our, our kids. And we would generally um, attend a Christmas Eve uh, church service. And that, uh, I guess, could be considered part of a tradition. We like to keep doing that, um, even as our kids and now our grandkids are growing up. So, yeah, that's that's important for us to, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe some of that has, in my own mind, a, um, a conflict with the, the modern Christmas uh, commercialization of the holiday, uh, Christmas trees and presents, and what does that really have to do with the Christmas message of, of an immaculate conception and the, and the birth of our savior. Right. Right. To me, right. that tells me that we're not alone in this world. Right. And, and that's a, the starting foundation. Right. So at Christmas time, that's important for me to focus on that, that piece of it more than the, the commercialization piece. Well, and the commercialization has gotten, I mean, even, you know, like I said, we, I've been married for 30 years and even in the last 20 years, we've seen that commercialization progress to where now they've got Christmas stuff up in October or something, you know, in some of the stores and everything, trying to get people to engage and do that. Um, and your response to that is just kind of to disconnect from that part, right? I mean, is that, you know, to try and remember the real reason for the season? Yeah, that's that's um, the flavor that I've tried to live my life by is 
um, live every day like it's Christmas. Re remember every day that um, we're not alone and there's a, a purpose in this world and we have a, a mission to fill and uh, just, we're supposed to be generous all, all the time. Absolutely supposed to be generous all the time. Um, what's your Christmas music? What do you What do you enjoy listening to? What's your What's your favorite uh, Your favorite if you got If you're going to put it on your playlist or put it on spin in your house, what are you listening to? Well, I I love the traditional um, Christmas hymns and and uh, traditional um, Christmas music. Um, that's I'll go to my my uh, iPod or or uh, music on my phone. iPod. I'm dating myself. Oh my goodness. Um, and just put on a, um, a, a mixed mash, mixed mash of uh, Christmas music. I don't know that there's any one particular one that I like to listen to over and over again, but uh. there's something about a Deste Fidelis. It's just when you, when you hear that, you know, kind of thing, uh, that uh just it stirs your soul you know and i'm a very much a christmas standards guy i mean there's some new christmas music that's a, it's good uh but i'm a you know i've got a, a spotify playlist with 10 hours of christmas music and it's all all much older stuff um i mean there's some you know uh but it's the crooners you know and things like that and bing and of course uh, nat king cole and uh you know maybe some new stuff like harry connick but they're all singing the older songs i love that kind of uh, that kind of uh, classical stuff, and uh, one of my favorite ones <clears throat> is uh, Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. It's 17 minutes long, but it is the Christmas story essentially. A babe in a manger, and you know, and then they do the parts of Adeste Fidelis, and it's just like this compilation of the whole story. Um, and it's on my Christmas playlist on Spotify, which I just posted up in the chat room if anybody wants to listen to it. But yeah, there's some great stories in there that, and, and I just try to get into that spirit. I'm, I'm, uh, I try, I try to always feel it. Some years I really feel it. Some years I'm kind of like, oh, okay, man, it's Christmas. You know, I don't, and I don't know exactly what the tipping point is for me, but sometimes I, but this year, like I feel it a lot this year. I'm really into it. Uh, do you ever feel that or you're saying you're trying to live it like every day so it sounds like you don't struggle like I do in that regard I don't I don't struggle with that and I'm perfectly happy to have somebody else put a Christmas um, music list on and um, listen to whatever music is playing I don't have I don't have um, strong negative or, or positive feelings towards any particular um, song uh, I like listening to it all I mean I think there's only one real point in my life where music, um, that I can point to that helped me get through that. And that was my um, deployment to Afghanistan, which was the last one, last deployment while I was on active duty. And there were, music was, um, was the thing that I turned to there that helped me get through the, through that hard times during that deployment. And I, I think that's probably the only time, if I remember correctly, that music has been like my go-to thing. Otherwise right. it's just something that, that occurs and, is not something that I seek out. Yeah. I think, you know, music can affect a lot of people in a lot of ways. I, for one, am really affected um, by music uh, and sound. I get lost in it. I get amazed by it, you know, and and uh, it, it evokes feelings from me. So for me, music is important uh, for the in that regard. And I think, I, again, that probably goes back to the nostalgia because I remember my parents had this huge record collection where there was a whole section of nothing but Christmas music and things like that. And so during the holidays, that was always constantly going and, and, uh, 
yeah, it's it's something that for me is is important uh, in that regard as well. Uh, I mentioned movies, and you do you ever watch movies around Christmas, or do you are you more of uh, uh, that's not your thing, not your jam? You know, watching the older movies is not something that I particularly look forward to. Um, but um, the, the other half of my life likes to uh, watch some of the older movies, so I, um, I will watch them if they're on, but I don't seek them out. Oh, that's funny. Uh, because, I mean, I'm not a take-it-or-leave-it kind of guy, but my wife is definitely – in fact, last night we were talking about, okay, so here's the movies we're going to watch. We're going to watch this one and this one and this one. Which ones do you want to watch? And I'm like, well, you know, yeah. it's got to be – yeah. She's texting me now that says almost everyone. Almost that's, that's what she wants to watch. <laughs> Your wife just said almost everyone. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's uh I can tell you right now that I still shed a tear at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Um, just something about that movie, uh, talking about, you know, the over the we were talking about Cary Grant as the bishop's wife, uh that was another great holiday one. Uh, that was full of cheer and telling the telling the story and uh, I mean there's just there there's many many different uh, uh, movies out there that get you in the holiday spirit. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's crass and commercial, but there's always a good story out there. I love storytelling of any way, and whether it's a storytelling through music or through movies. But yeah, my wife's the same way. I'm like, which one? She goes, all of them. All of them I will watch. You don't have to be here, but I will watch all of them. <laughs> and my my kids are excited. And that has become, not for the movie itself, I think it's become more the tradition of sitting around talking and watching the movie together, even though we've seen it a hundred times. My daughter got a, <clears throat> my daughter last night, when she walked in when we were talking about it, and she said she got a little, uh, uh, she got a little, not weepy, but she got a little emotional. She goes, we didn't watch White Christmas last year. And I'm like, oh, we didn't. She goes, we've got to watch it this year. I'm like, yes, we do. It'll be, you know, because it's that that together time of holding hands and watching the movie and just enjoying it. And uh, I don't know. It's something about it that just makes it even more special. I love being close all year long, but there's something about uh, uh, the, the what the. Okay, so here's the question. I Ben is... Uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? <laughs> so so the world says that it is because that's when it came out. But I don't know if there's much Christmas about that movie. Oh, come on. It says, ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. I mean, come on. It's a... Yeah, that's not one that I can watch with my kids, right? So it's not it's not Christmas. <laughs> well, I just <clears throat> I have to disagree. I believe it's a Christmas movie, but I wouldn't watch it with my kids either. So, you know, when they were younger, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to come up against the break here, and then we'll just give Ben some free reign to talk about uh, anything else that I haven't hit on or anything else he wants to talk about. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more. Ben Carpenter, our guest, will return right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, I think you just lost some votes there, Van. Ben. 
<laughs> I, it, it might be, yes. Especially with the uh, gener- Generation X folks, right? Yeah, the Gen Xers. I mean, we're like, oh, I will fight you over or not whether. But Matthew says, swing and a miss, Ben. Swing and a miss. I mean, <laughs> somebody else says, it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls from Nakatomi Tower. I mean, it's true. It could. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I. Oh my goodness! We were just laughing about that again last night. Uh, same thing. We were because we were talking about all these movies, and then you know, and I was like, I will fight you over the fact that it is a Christmas movie. Doggone it! Uh, <laughs> no, it's you know, and then somebody says a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh man, I hope that that movie burns in a fire. I just cannot watch Charlie Brown. I don't know. I just, oh, it's one of those things. Oh man! Uh, I just I just have a hard time putting "It's a Wonderful Life" up next to Die Hard and saying, "Okay, up next we've got." Yeah, well, that's <laughs> like, true. That's true. I think you'd have to talk to some programming expert to say, "Is that really appropriate?" It's a Wonderful Life <laughs> followed by Die Hard. I just don't. I don't think you could watch those two back to back and feel good about it. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, Bill says Elf is great. Somebody else said uh, Gremlins. God, I haven't seen Gremlin since it was in the theater. I don't think I, I mean, it's been so many years. Uh, the song <laughs> Melissa just said Christmas shoes. Melissa, are you trying to make everyone cry? Christmas shoes is such a sad. Su- I made them pull that from rotation on the radio station one time because I was like, I cannot listen to that song again. That makes me cry every time. Uh, it's it's great. Um, <clears throat> hold my eggnog. Uh, I want snow at Christmas, says Denise. I grew up in Arizona and knew, always knew something wasn't right. Perfect Christmas day, fires, cookies in the oven, music, snow, and wet snowy grandkids and dogs running through the house. Um, we used to do, uh, at Christmas uh, day, we'd have a big family party where the extended family, aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff would come when I lived in Fairbanks. And uh, we use at the Christmas Eve, we'd always go sledding at at uh, I'm not Christmas Day, the night of Christmas Day when we had the big family dinner and we'd always go sledding. Uh, and that was that was always so much fun to go sledding and and uh, do that kind of stuff. It's but it's, again, Ben's right. I think it's the memories no matter where you are. I mean, you could have Christmas in Hawaii, Melakalikimaka to those of you out there, um, but it uh, it's always the memories that you that you think about, not the. Not necessarily the stuff, unless, Ben, it's a Red Ryder BB gun, right? <laughs> or any gun for that matter. <laughs> or any gun for that matter. That was the memorable part? All right. Well, your, your wife's listening. She may, be, she may be buying something for you here shortly or whatever. But, you know, that was – and I'll be honest with people. That's one movie that I never really got into, the, uh, the Christmas Story, Ralphie and the Christmas Story. I've watched it a couple times, but – I, it's just, for some people, it's a must. They have to watch it every Christmas. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. Chris Byer says nothing like sledding at 50 below. Oh, we've sledded at 20 or 30 below easily, uh, several times, uh, during those Christmas holidays, but you're a kid, you don't care. You, you know, you, I think that was, that was one of the first things that we did, um, when we came up here, uh, in 2013, um, you know, after I got out of the off active duty, you know, we're coming from El Paso. So for the years that we lived there, you didn't have a snowy Christmases. Oh man. And we, we didn't really have family around. So, I mean, many of our, many of our assignments in the military required us to have Thanksgiving and, and Christmas dinners with uh, other friends on the base or, you know, yeah, people that didn't have family around. And, and that's who our family was. That's just the way that that 
that celebration went. And you'll remember those. You'll remember those mm-hmm. celebrations for uh, for Doom. Um, <laughs> Brian said, whatever whatever it was that Brian was referring to, he said, you got that vote back right there, Ben. So whatever, <laughs> you, got that, you got the vote back, Ben. It's, it's all – who knew that it would be so politically fraught to come on board and talk about Christmas? You know, you're winning, <laughs> winning and losing friends over stuff like that. I just – I, I just love it. I, you know, this is the kind of stuff I love, Ben. Just uh, Mike Shower and I yesterday, we jaw jacked for an hour about growing up and cars and you know what we you know what we loved and and uh, you know what, what, you know what a different time it was. And somehow nostalgia has got those rose colored glasses more than anything else when you look back at how great it was, but how different things were. I mean. You know, we're all growing through different things, but this is, uh, you know, Christmas, I think, is kind of a unifier to come in and bring us, even if we come from different generations or different times or different cultures or communities, it's a time where we can all come together and share those things and just enjoy it. I have a unique car Christmas story nexus that uh, if you have time, we should, we oh, should yeah. share it. Yeah, well, let's do that. We're about 40 seconds out, so we'll 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 start with that here in <laughs> just a minute and get uh, <clears throat> get things going on. Um, <laughs> Teresa just said, been wearing my red, you'll shoot your eye out jammies, uh, for many a night now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One of my friends got a freaking Christmas decoration. That was the mannequin leg lamp with some Christmas tinsel or something around it. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. All right. Uh, 10 seconds out, ready to jump back in. The Michael Duke show continues. Ben Carpenter is our guest. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. One final segment. Here we go. Okay, one final segment. Ben Carpenter is our guest representative, Ben Carpenter, but we've not been talking about politics or the legislature or anything else. We've just been kind of hitting and reminiscing. And I was just telling Ben that yesterday we had Mike Shower on and we were talking about growing up and what kind of cars. And he shocked the heck out of me, Ben, by the way, uh, because we were talking about, you know, our first cars. And I'm like, oh, here's Mike Shower fighter pilot you know military leader i'm sure that you know your first car what what kind of muscle car did you have as your first car and he says i had a pinto (laughs) 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 i laughed so i laughed so i have not laughed out loud so hard in quite a while uh but you said you yourself have kind of a christmas intersectional story with a car and everything what's your give us your give us your story well this is this is going to come way out of left field because when so my parents moved me to alaska when i was uh nine i had my first uh first birthday in alaska was 10 years old that summer we moved up and sometime after that um before i was 15 so in the next couple years we took a a trip out of alaska uh, at christmas time to go visit family back in washington state so we were flying into uh, SeaTac. And we got weathered out. We couldn't land. So the plane was diverted to Portland. And we landed in Portland. And then we got on a bus and were bused back up to, to uh, Seattle to SeaTac. And that's where our family was going to meet us. But it was like middle of the night. It's like, I don't know. I don't even know, remember what time it was, but it was um, everybody's asleep and we should have been. So this car comes screeching up, comes running up. Um, me and my brother and sister are running around. And anyway, 
the car comes screeching up in my memory and this guy in a trench coat and a briefcase gets out and this is back in the day when you didn't have security right you could just go straight to the gate well this guy gets out of the car runs uh through the doors and up the escalator and he's gone and then within minutes his car is on fire right next to the to the entrance to the building <laughs> and it's it's like it in my mind's eye it blew up right but right. it was i don't know i don't know what caused the the, the fire but <laughs> as as this kid going to christmas i've got this this car burning scent smell burnt rubber and all of the all of the cars uh, burning car smell that you could imagine is uh um filling the the room of the of the airport right there and i'm just wide-eyed because what the heck is going on for this i don't know 11 or 12 year old kid yeah and i've never seen a car burning in front of a building before oh so man that's one of my earliest memories or, or uh memories that stick with me was that that christmas trip that guy was in a real hurry you're not old enough for it to have been db cooper somebody just said db <laughs> cooper in the chat room uh you know running up to the thing but yeah could you imagine racing up slamming on the brakes slapping it into park running in your car bursts into flame you know <laughs> you ran that pony hard i mean <laughs> <laughs> my goodness uh, uh randy just actually hit the nail on the head when i said we had the christmas story uh it was read, written uh, it was read by alexander scorby that's exactly the name i was looking for thank you randy uh he was the one that read i actually have the whole old testament on audio from alexander scorby and it's amazing but we had that special christmas segment out there that was great as well uh, so, uh, you know, Ben, uh, we got a few minutes here left, uh, anything else, you know, for Christmas that you find enjoyable, you want to share with people, any other traditions that are, uh, you know, unusual out of the norm, uh, that, uh, that other people might, you know, that you would encourage people to pick up or, I mean, other than the non-commercialism, which I can agree with, I think we have become over-commercialized. I'm a victim of it as much as anybody else. I have not been as strident as, uh, as other people. Uh, in it, but uh, any thoughts here uh, for the final uh, segment of the show? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I have never been a super traditional um, guy in pretty much anything in my life. Um, <laughs> some, in some respects, it's uh, interesting that I chose to go into the military because uh, they're all about tradition and and uh, things have to be dressed right dress. And I'm haven't been that way in my own mind's eye, but. Um, you know, one of the things that we've, um, and it goes back to this anti-commercialism piece of this, and just in a, an assessment of, it, are are my actions in in life the same as um, is what I believe? And you know, one of the things that we've attempted to do here, maybe it's um, also a, a financial help with a financial burden of young families, but um, we just kind of. Um, pick a pick a, um, a sibling and the sibling gives another sibling a gift and there's not an expectation that everybody gets gifts for everybody right so the the focus is on your ability to be generous to somebody not having to be not this expectation of having to be generous to everybody which puts a, a burden on people who don't necessarily have the means to want to do you know they want to do something but they they can't and, and i i just i think that whatever we can do as modern day americans to pull back from that commercialism uh have to give 
um, gifts things to everybody and, and look for the, the real important things in life to um, add meaning. And, and I know that might be kind of stretching things just a little bit here, but it's really important that the quality of our interactions is our focus rather than the, the quantity. And at Christmas time, at times, at least it has felt for me that, you know, when, when, what, how big a pile of presents is, is enough underneath the tree. Right. Right. Like that, that to me is, it's real easy and maybe it's just me, but it's real easy for me to get caught up in that. Well, there's just one more present. I just got to get one more present. I've only, I've given them two and I need to give three over here. And I just, I've got to separate myself from that, that, um, keeping up with the Joneses type of um, mentality that says, Hey, we've got a quantity is better than, than quality. Right. And, <laughs> right, and right. I, I just think that whatever we can do during this Christmas season to focus on the quality versus the quantity of, of uh, gift giving, I think is the, is the important thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Like I said, my family growing up, you know, we would get, uh, you know, as kids, um, and, and mom and dad are in the chat room uh, here and they'll probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember, you know, we would get three presents, maybe four presents, some stocking stuffers, but mostly, you know, it'd be t two or three or four big present kind of things that you would get as a kid. But, you know, my parents had, <clears throat> they had, uh, well, when I was growing up, they only had three, they had a fourth one after I left the house, but they had three kids, you know, so I imagine it was, you know, always a struggle. Uh, and that's why for me going to like, for example, to going to Terry's uh, parents' house for that first Christmas after we got married, it was <laughs> so shocking because it was an hour of opening presents, you know, kind of thing for, for, uh, for a couple people. Some people just do things a little, I guess, do things a little differently, but you're right. I mean, I always appreciate those presents. Uh, somebody in the in the um, in the chat room said homemade gifts, handmade gifts. I always appreciate those gifts that required a little bit of thought and wasn't just here's a credit card, give it to them. Uh, you know, those are the kind of presents that I love as well. But you know, it it and whoever, however you want to celebrate the season, I think that's fantastic, and I and I just love that, and I agree with you 100. percent The memories are the important part. And uh, that would be a that would be a fun thing. Even though most of my kids are mostly grown now, we never did travel anywhere for the holidays because quite honestly, with five kids, I couldn't necessarily afford that. But maybe that's something we should do uh, one time before they all get too old to, uh, I, I guess they wouldn't be too old to enjoy it, but I guess too old to still not be the kids uh, in, in, the, uh, in the end. That's the, that's the fun stuff. Yeah, um, I, I, just, just important that we, we, uh, bless people with, um, with, uh, the generosity in our lives. You know, we were, we were blessed with a savior and we didn't deserve it. So there's that. And, and I, I get the, the, the nexus between me sharing with other people, um, my blessings and bestowing blessings on them, just like it was bestowed upon me. And just, we just need to remember that the reason for the season is not the the gift giving. It's in the in the love that was given to us that we show to other people. Yeah, well, I mean, I, but I do agree also that the gifts are synonymous. I mean, it's a, it's a reminder of the gift that we were given, but that doesn't mean right. you have to back up a truckload of gifts to remind the gifts. It could be one good gift. That's all you have to remember is that it is a gift of the season. It's just very easy for kids to kids and and as as time goes by to lose the focus if you don't, if you're not deliberate on that, 
on that focus. So 10, 10 years later, you're like, oh, this is what Christmas is about. And uh, that's, that's not yeah. exactly true. We've commercialized it so that if, if you're looking at it from the outside in, Christmas is not American Christmas is not what it should be, right? <laughs> in right. my opinion. Well, it has, again, that crass commercialism has poked its, head, its ugly head up a little bit. Uh, I don't mind some of it, but I think sometimes it does get a little ridiculous. We shouldn't just consume for consumption's sake. There should be a reason behind it. Um, but I will say that I do enjoy the decorations and the tree and things because, again, it puts me in that mindset. Personally, it puts me in that mindset. Uh, and I enjoy that. And like I said, my tree now is not necessarily a tree that's dedicated to commercialism. It's a tree that's dedicated to the memories that are on that tree from my, yeah. from my, from the ornament of my dog that passed away last year to that first baby ornament to my first, you know, our first Christmas together to all the other ornaments that are up there. They're just, each one has got a story. And I, uh, I love, I love that. You know, when you're first starting and out, none of them have a story. So. And and cinnamon rolls, and cinnamon rolls, <clears throat> absolutely. Which uh, <laughs> which Ben is guaranteed he's going to put up on our on our page here, uh, or make his wife do it. I don't know what he'll do, but we 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 got to have the cinnamon roll recipe now, Ben. Now everybody's got to share in that joy, and then you can go out there and take a look at my grandma's pumpkin pie recipe, which is my favorite thing to share as well. So enjoy enjoy that enjoy that. <clears throat> That's my gift to you this Christmas season. Uh, ben Carpenter, our guest. Final thoughts here, Ben. Less than less than sixty seconds. I just wish everybody a merry Christmas. If I don't get to talk to you um, before the big day, and I I hope that you're blessed with your families, and for those that don't have families around, um, find some friends and call them family. It, it doesn't really matter in yeah. the end. Um, show your love to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I love having people over for Christmas. Uh, we've done that a few times over the years, and it's always a blessing when you get a single person or somebody who has no other family to share with you. That's the real meaning of the season right there, my friend. Ben, thanks so much for hanging out with us. This has been fun. Give uh, give my love to your wife and tell her thank you for busting you out over that so we get the true story. I appreciate it. All right. No problem, Michael. It's good talking with you. <laughs> we'll see you later. Folks, we're out of time. we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We will see you tomorrow for Firearms Friday. Thanks, Ben. We'll see you later. See you later. All right, folks. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you on the other side of the sleep. We'll see you.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 